somewhere as machines feed us a false reality? Is this just computer code? Are we even real? Would we know if we were or weren't? Because if we're computer code, we're designed to do what we're told. It's literally in our code. It's why we were created. We would be completely unaware unless a glitch were to occur. In recent years, hell, since I can remember, the simulation hypothesis or theory has captured the imagination of not just you or me, but scientists. Even philosophers have grappled with it. It's intriguing. The concept suggests that we perceive our reality as it is. However, it could all just be an advanced digital simulation. This hypothesis that you and I are nothing but code isn't just science fiction. 
it actually has a lot of roots in philosophical inquiries and is influenced by rapid advancements in our current technology. Not only do I want to talk about the simulation hypothesis a bit, but I want to share with you some stories. Stories of glitches in the matrix. Things that do, but shouldn't. Things that are, but can't. I don't know if you've ever had a glitch in your reality experience something that just shouldn't be? Maybe you immediately told somebody, maybe you had a witness, or maybe you are still secretly harboring something that happened in your life that you cannot explain. And hell, you don't want to face it, because then you'd have to think, is there more than what we're being told? What is our reality? And will we ever really know? Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, please remember this is not nothing but a simulation. This is nothing but a simulation. And some, 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 sometimes that simulation will glitch. These are those store, store stories. Please enjoy the show as it is beginning now. Do you want to know what it is? The Matrix is everywhere. It is all around us. Even now, in this very room. You can see it when you look out your window, or when you turn on your television. You can feel it when you go to work, when you go to church, when you pay your taxes. It is the world that has been pulled over your eyes to blind you from the truth. What truth? That you are a slave, Neo. Like everyone else, you were born into bondage. Born into a prison that you cannot smell or taste or touch. A prison. Unfortunately, no one can be told what the Matrix is. You have to see it for yourself. After this, there is no turning back. You take the blue pill, the story ends, you wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want to believe. You take the red pill, you stay in Wonderland, and I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. Before we dive into the rather interesting stories I have for you about people who've experienced their own glitches in the Matrix, including a few of my own, and I want to also explain how there are things that happen that we can see daily that are explained away by the powers that be that make zero sense at all. Before we do though, I need to explain to you what exactly the simulation hypothesis is. Now, the simulation hypothesis proposes that all of our reality, including the Earth and the universe, is in fact an artificial simulation. Who this was created by could be up in the air. However, many state it has to be some form of advanced civilization. While this does sound like absolute science fiction, I mean, there are movies made about it. Movies by Hollywood, not documentary crews. This notion, however, that human existence might be a simulation has gained traction among many in scientific fields. Now, this concept was first explored in depth by philosopher Nick Bostrom in 2003. In Nick's academic paper titled, Are You Living in a Computer Simulation? 
Nick would boast the argument that if advanced civilizations are capable of creating complex simulations inhabited by simulated conscious entities, then there is significant chance that we exist within one of those simulations. The seeds of the simulation hypothesis originated earlier, however, with stories like The Matrix, which would depict characters existing inside a simulated reality. This reality would be generated by AI. However, Nick cites that the concept is more rigorous, a bit more philosophical. This would spark an even more serious debate on the likelihood that human reality is just simulated. Yes, this is a hypothesis or a theory, completely inconclusive. However, there's a lot of reasoning that makes it a very compelling case. This means, in truth, though the simulation hypothesis is a theory, we cannot disprove it. This notion that our world might be artificially simulated forces us to reconsider assumptions about the limits of science, technology, and our understanding of the universe. There is supporting evidence in theory that shows we could be living in a simulation. There are some mathematical arguments stemming from quantum physics and information theory. Side note, if you don't know, besides murder, creepy stories, ghosts, all things spooky, I study quantum physics for fun. <laughs> I don't know, I'm really curious and I kind of want to understand the universe and why the hell we're here. Like, what, what are we? Are we just blobs of meat powered by electricity or is there something more? And, I don't know, maybe figure out why I have such a deep connection with space and all things stars and planets? I don't even know. Okay, back to the episode. Sorry about that. Boiling it down to the base of this theory, the premise is that if it is possible for sufficiently advanced civilizations to create such a complex simulated world or worlds, which as it seems, if you take a step and look at AI and advances now and how rapid they are, it is, it's completely possible. That means that the mere likelihood that we could be one of these AI REN simulations or something of the sort is uh, possible. And we may not be in that original base reality. And it's rather unlikely that we are. In Nick Bostrom's paper, he would argue that at least one of the following propositions is likely true. One of these has to be plausible. His first theory, which is a little terrifying, but also, I mean, <laughs> we're really due for an extinction, is that human civilization in fact goes extinct before reaching the post-human stage, which is capable of running such a complex or complex simulations, more than one if operable. But then he has the next theory that post-human civilizations have little to no interest in running such simulation. And of course, his main. We are most certainly living in a simulation, since the others haven't seemed to come true. This implication is that there is some form of advanced civilization that not only has both the ability, they have the desire to run complex ancestor simulations. Meaning all of these simulated worlds will vastly outnumber the base or real reality. From a physics standpoint, some theorists point to limits in our ability to probe reality at a microscopic scale as possible evidence that we are in fact living in a simulation. The quantized nature of fields and particles 
that also of space and time and that everything seems to be happening all at once because we have only formed time in a linear line, though that is not how it exists. And this means that there are uncertainty of principles, which may emerge naturally from such a simulated reality and the theory thereof. Does that, does that make any sense or did I confuse you there? Confusion aside, there is support of this theory, which I want to focus on before we dive into a few stories. Our current computing power and that of AI is advancing at such an astronomical rate that people are warning, warning the world. We are becoming more and more dependent on our devices. Now, with goggles you can wear to have augmented reality where you're basically using apps as you exist with the world. If you think about it statistically in likelihood, we are living in one of the many virtual worlds rather than any form of a base reality. The theoretical support in the fact of our advances prompt intriguing philosophical debates about the ultimate nature of our reality. And if any of this is real... Elon Musk thinks it's almost certain that we are living in a computer simulation. There's a one in billions chance that this is based reality. He says that humans are basically some advanced version of The Sims. Yes, that idea sounds pretty absurd. But we shouldn't just write it off. People used to think the solar system proved it didn't, Aristarchos of Samos posited the exact same crazy idea. Reality is probably not as it seems. Musk is echoing a paper on this theory by philosopher Nick Bostrom. His argument goes like this. Quote, 40, 40 years ago, we had Pong, like two rectangles and a dot. 30 years after Pong, we got The Sims. Now, 40 years later, we have photorealistic 3D simulations with millions of people playing simultaneously, and it's getting better every year. Several influential tech billionaires have expressed interest in or even support the simulation hypothesis. One of the most vocal advocates and well-known would be Elon Musk, the CEO of Tesla and SpaceX. In 2016, he estimated that the odds that we are not living in the computer simulation at one in billions. He believes that advanced civilizations are using simulations to explore their history, basically an ancestor simulation, showing some far-off humans what was once them. Another would be PayPal co-founder and early Facebook investor Peter Thiel. He's shown interest in the hypothesis as well. At a 2016 conference, he said the simulation hypothesis explains the high number of unlikely events that have shaped history. Other tech leaders would be the CEO of OpenAI, Sam Altman. Then we have astrophysicist Neil deGrasse Tyson and Paul Gilding. Their interests notably stem from the immense technological advance made in virtual reality and artificial intelligence. With the immense growth of computing power, creating convincing simulations seems increasingly possible. Currently, as we know, the hypothesis cannot be proven wrong or right. We could ultimately at one point end up testing the theory if we are in fact living in a simulation. Now, that would require much more progress in fields like quantum computing. This would be needed in order to test the theory. It does stand to state that we cannot currently prove nor disprove if we are living in a simulation. I don't know about you, but that's like creepy and also kind of cool at the same time. Like we may or may not be code that's just being watched by the other people or, or, you know, like 
we're in base reality and everything just kind of sucks, so <laughs> yay. I'd like to go through some of the uh, thoughts and theories of exactly what would entail a simulation and then stick around because I do want to talk about some interesting glitch in the matrix stories I've discovered. If you have any as well, please send them to me, but let's continue with this and all the information I can gather and give you about the simulation hypothesis before we venture into stories. So let's go about 10,000 years into the future. It's possible that when we get there, civilization will be entirely gone because there is a ceiling to our advancement. Maybe it's because of global warming or self-replicating robots. If civilization stops advancing, then that may be due to some calamitous event that erases civilization. But another possibility is that if we keep advancing and assuming everything in the physical world can be simulated, eventually we'll simulate ourselves. How do you know you're a person who has lived your life? rather than a just-formed brain full of artificial memories, momentarily hallucinating a reality that doesn't actually exist. That may sound absurd, but it's kept several generations of top cosmologists up at night. They call it the Boltzmann Brain Paradox. Its namesake, Ludwig Boltzmann, was a 19th century physicist operating in a period when scientists were passionately debating whether the universe had existed for an infinite or finite time. Boltzmann's main claim to fame was revolutionizing thermodynamics, the branch of physics that studies energy. He put forward a new interpretation of entropy, which is a measure of the disorder of a system. A glass is an ordered system, whereas a shattered glass is disordered. The second law of thermodynamics states that closed systems tend towards disorder. You won't see a shattered glass return to its pristine state. Boltzmann's insight was applying statistical reasoning to this behavior. He found that a system evolves to a more disordered state because it's more likely. However, the opposite direction isn't impossible just so unlikely that we'll never witness things like scrambled eggs turning raw. But if the universe exists over an infinitely long time, extremely unlikely events will happen, including complex things forming out of random combinations of particles. So what does that look like in a hypothetical, infinitely old universe? In this unremarkable stretch of near-nothingness, about eight octillion atoms randomly come together to form a replica of the thinker made of pasta. It instantly dissolves. Over here, these particles suddenly form something like a brain. It's filled with false memories of a lifetime up to the present moment when it perceives a video saying these very words before decaying. And finally, by random fluctuations, all the particles in the cosmos concentrate in a single point, and an entire new universe spontaneously bursts into existence. Of those last two, which is more likely? The brain, by far. Despite all its complexity, it's a blip compared to an entire universe. Every one universe produced by random fluctuations has equivalent odds to heaps upon heaps of instabrains. So, by this reasoning, it seems extremely more likely that everything you believe to exist 
is actually a brief illusion soon to be extinguished. Boltzmann didn't get quite that far in his thinking. The brains themselves were introduced by later cosmologists building on his work. But they, like just about everyone else, were pretty sure that they themselves weren't just ephemeral brains. So the paradox was, how could they be correct and the universe be eternal? The resolution is something most take for granted today, that our universe has not existed forever, but rather time and space started with a big bang. So that's the paradox over and done with, right? Well, maybe not. In the last century, scientists have found evidence supporting the theory of the Big Bang everywhere we look. Yet while we know that the Big Bang happened, no one knows what, if anything, preceded and caused it. Why did the universe begin in such an extremely ordered and unlikely state? Is our universe in an unending cycle of creation and collapse? Or might we be in one of many universes, expanding within a multiverse? In this context, Boltzmann's paradox has found renewed interest by contemporary cosmologists. Some argue that leading models for where the universe came from still imply that Boltzmann brains are more likely than human brains, suggesting something's amiss. Others counter that slight modifications of the cosmological models would avoid the problem, or that Boltzmann's brains can't actually physically form. Some researchers even attempted to calculate the probability of a brain popping out of random quantum fluctuations long enough to think a single thought. They got this incredible number, whose denominator is 10 to a number about a septillion times larger than the number of stars in the universe. The Boltzmann brain paradox, despite its absurdity, is useful because it creates a bar that models have to rise to. If, compared to numbers like this one, the current state of the universe is exceedingly unlikely, something in the model is almost certainly wrong. Unless you're the one who is wrong. The brain in a jar or brain in a vat thought experiment proposes an alternate reality. One where brains are maintained in a vat and connected to a supercomputer that feeds some form of simulated virtual reality. In this scenario, the brain would have no knowledge that it's just floating in a vat or a jar or liquid. Or maybe it's sitting out on a beach somewhere, I don't know. But it doesn't realize it's not actually perceiving the real world. All sensory inputs to the brain would come from the computer system. Even the brain's own sense of having a body is just a part of this illusion. This philosophically rises the question. How can we be sure that we are not just brains in a vat? With all of our perceived reality being nothing but an artificial simulation, could we even tell? Some theorists go on to argue that there is no conclusive way to disprove that the brain is in fact in a vat. <laughs> that rhymed. This simulated reality could be nothing but a program that seems as real and as consistent as an actual physical world. If a simulation is even good enough, even scientific experiments intended to detect any anomalies in reality could be fooled. Because it would already be perceived by the computer simulation and therefore could not be detected by the proponents in the simulation. 
I hope I'm not losing you, but I genuinely am having an interest in the simulation theory. Plus, it plays in the fields of quantum physics, quantum mechanics, and quantum theory, all in which things that I digest and research in on a daily basis. As you can tell, I get very heightened and passionate as I talk about it. In another reality, I am in fact a quantum theorist, I believe. <laughs> Now, this whole brain in a vat argument is very relevant to the simulation hypothesis because it establishes the difficulty, if not absolute impossibility, of proving whether or not we are in fact living in a simulation. If any advanced future civilizations did develop extremely high fidelity simulated realities, the people inhabiting them may not be able to detect a way of discerning simulation from true reality because it is therefore written and created in the code. Now I don't want you to stop and go, oh, whoa, oh my god, I'm having an existential crisis. I am a brain and a vat. Oh, I'm aware of my own brain. I know that was a bit dramatic. I, I get it. But before we all believe that we're just sitting meat in a jar, let me explain a few proofs of evidence as well for simulation hypothesis. And then you can continue to freak out about the fact that we may not even be real. Because the proof is every... You just gotta look for it. If our current understanding of physics is correct, then it's impossible to simulate the whole universe with its trillions and trillions of things. But we don't actually need to anyway. We only need enough universe to fool the inhabitants of our simulation into thinking that they're real. Who needs billions of galaxies? We only need the space our subjects are allowed to explore. The vast universe could just be a flat projection, and they would have no way to know. What about small things like cells or bacteria? We don't really need them. When you use a microscope, what you see could be instantly created. The same with atoms. The chair you're sitting on right now does not need to be simulated with quadrillions of atoms. We just need the outermost layer of it. It might be empty inside until you decide to break it open. Your body might feel like it's filled with bubbly things, but it might be empty until you open it. The minimum requirement for our simulation is only the consciousness of our virtual humans. Our subjects just need to think the simulation is real. be thinking there's just no way harmony this is absolutely bonkers however you may be shocked to learn that there are some scientific observations that have been interpreted as evidence that we could in fact be living in artificial reality i'm only going to run down a few of the key examples that i kept running into now in quantum mechanics there are theories that describe semiatomic particles behaving in strange and unpredictable ways some argue that this could be because our reality is simulated and and small glitches occur at the smallest scales due to these subatomic particles behaving in unpredictable ways in fact i'm gonna pause you for a minute if you've never looked up the split particle theory you should watch and learn how when particles become aware that they are being observed they act different it's weird now moving on from quantum mechanics let's talk about some astrophysical measurements Astrophysicists have calculated fundamental physical constants, like the speed of light, for instance, or the mass of protons. These seem to be finely tuned to allow for life in our universe. 
This fine tuning resembles how parameters are set in simulations. Okay, now let's talk about computational limits and how they discern the possibility that we are living in an augmented reality. The footnotes would seem to be limits to how finely we can measure and divide space and time. This could be because we live in a pixelated matrix with a fine resolution which is much like video game and only able to be rendered in one specific area. Of course, then there is just flat out the simulation argument proposed by Nick Bostrom. Him making that statistical argument that at least one of these three must be true. Humanity goes extinct before reaching post-human stage. Post-human civilization has lost interest in creating simulations. And of course, the most terrifyingly one is that we are almost certainly living in a simulation. One of three has got to be true. Of course, then you can throw in a little bit of anecdotal evidence, which we will be going through here shortly and some of which you yourself may have experienced as well. This would be the fact that you and I, players in the game, those living the simulation, experience glitches. Maybe something as simple as deja vu. Oh, I think I've been here before. This is really weird. Others like seeing something that just shouldn't be. Maybe you are driving and a plane is in the air, but it's not moving at all, and you're passing it. That's bizarre. Yeah, according to science, it's just going so fast it looks still. Okay. Taking this and that, stories from him, her, he, she, them, they, you can interpret all of these anecdotal experiences like artifacts of a simulation. Little stories and evidence that this is not exactly what it seems. Of course, all of these experiences are subjects and prone to cognitive biases. While very intriguing, each observation has alternative explanations, not requiring a simulated reality. Of course, there is so much more research needed to conclusively demonstrate that we do or do not live in a simulation. Stuff like Mandela effects and glitches in the matrix, deja vu, don't exactly prove that this is just a simulation. We have no direct evidence to prove nor disprove that we do in fact live in a real reality or a augmented one. I am going to share with you next a few glitches in the matrix, some stories that are rather interesting. And then I want to share with you arguments against the simulation theory. And at the end, I'll leave you to decide. Is this our universe, you, me, and all that we're experiencing even real? Or are you and I really just computer co co, -co code. If this is a simulation, and on the off chance you and I are nothing but code, I'd like to give in my two cents. A for graphics, F for experience. Hell, it seems real as can be, but what the fuck on the experience? Are we lacking on the upgrade package? Why is everything so expensive? Also, could we like lower the back pain reality situation because, okay, I'm not liking that one. Also, to the person that's running me in this simulation, what the fuck, man? When the hell did you just leave the keyboard and can you come back? Because I'm straight up not having a good- I have, through dreaming and waking up, lived thousands of different lifetimes. There are fundamental metaphors about reality, waking up from a dream. We have this cognitive experience of shifting between realities. There's another world behind this world. Okay, so this is gonna set the tenor for everything. 
We are living in a computer programmed reality. Simulation theory is the idea that this is all fake. The Matrix was real. We are being inhabited by some sort of player. I would start giving myself tests. I'm thinking of someone and I turn the corner and there they are. The only clue we have is when some alteration in our reality occurs. We are living in a simulation. Okay, so what do I do with that? I don't know. Enjoy it. Simulation theory is a blending of religion and science. This is a way to deal with the complexity of human existence. What's the point of laws? What's the point of all this? This is what it feels like to be alive right now. The inability to separate real world from digital reality. A world without rules, controls, people are scarcely real to me. Because it's a game. There's a lot of very dark forces on the horizon. There are things that are trying to manipulate me. This world is capable of falling apart. Somebody's got to be putting their hand on the scale. The creator of the game. Glitches in the Matrix are first-hand accounts of experiences that defy our reality. You may have your own, and I have as well. I'm going to share with you a few that I find interesting, including one of my own. When I was a little girl, I vividly remember standing in front of my mom and my Aunt Tammy as they were drinking margaritas. I was overzealously talking about something as my mom's margarita glass kind of came in the line of fire of my hand. And by that, I mean I was so rambunctious I wasn't paying attention and my hand flew into the glass. However, as this glass was hit by me and should have gone tumbling down to the floor, breaking glass everywhere, it froze. Right there, being witness to not just me, but my mother and my aunt and her son Denver, this margarita glass set on its edge, completely frozen and not falling, although unable to stand, or at least it shouldn't have been. It shouldn't have been able to stay the way that it was. This gave me enough time to grab it and make sure I placed it gently back down. Every single one of us had to pick our jaws up off the floor and simply continued on as though that was completely normal, though rather confused. This one is just a small little glitch I've experienced as I've had a lot of odd things occur. Now I want to share with you some other stories from people that I gathered around the internet. This is another story about someone experiencing time freezing as well. When I was a teenager, I was in my room and decided to go to the kitchen to make a sandwich. I looked at the clock before I left, 6.48pm. Went to the kitchen, made an awesome sandwich, got some chips and a drink. This probably took me at least 10 minutes. When I walked back into the room, the clock still said 6.48pm. I stood there for a bit, really confused. Then it turned to 6.49. The next glitch story I have for you is somebody experiencing the words a person was going to say before they said them. To this day, I cannot explain what happened. Was watching TV with friends and we landed on some old 80s movies I used to watch over and over but hadn't seen in a long time. I had the dialogue memorized and it all instantly came back and I knew what was going to be said next. Here's the freaky part. We changed channels and kept trying to find something to watch. I noticed that everything we watched was the same. 
I knew every line of dialogue as if I was remembering it from having memorized it. These were all things I had never watched before. Here's the really freaky part. It started happening even when my friends were talking. An instant before they said anything, I knew word for word what they were saying. The effect only lasted for an hour or so, but it was bizarre. Here's another about a man teleporting in broad daylight. I have to preface this with some backstory. Backstory about a man named Zeus. Now, Zeus has a reputation around Knoxville, Tennessee as a bit of an eccentric character. My brother has told me stories about him making people pass out just by whispering in their ear, giving glass pendants and saying this is the color of your soul. Just generally unusual stuff. He was thought of as a magic man of sorts. Well, long story shorter, my brother and I were walking through the West Town Mall when we saw him. Now, let me tell you, this guy is incredibly recognizable. I'm talking 6'5 African dude with gray goatee, nose piercings, and at least four rings per finger. He always carried a staff and wore a floor-length black duster jacket with a huge ass buckle on the front. This was Zeus. We saw him walking just a bit ahead of us and then turn around towards an exit. Naturally, we lost sight of him for probably 60 seconds after he turned the corner and left the mall. The weird thing was though, after my brother and I passed that same exit, not more than 30 seconds later we were coming up on another exit entrance on the other side of the mall. When all of a sudden, out pops, you guessed it, good old Zeus, the magic man. Now, this being a big place, it takes 5 minutes to walk the length of it. There is absolutely no way you could have made it, not to the opposite side of this place, in the time that he did. Even if he was sprinting or somehow able to go up and over the building, 60 seconds flat is just not enough time. This man teleported, there is just no other way to slice it. This next one is about sometimes making a completely random guess that can actually turn out to be, well, true. I was waiting tables about 12 years ago, and my co-worker forgot to put in a food order for a three-top table. He also forgot completely what the order was. I was laughing at him stressing out, trying to figure it out. And I said it's probably just fried mozzarella, a cheeseburger, no onions, and chicken fingers. I was completely joking, and that was actually their exact order. It freaked me out. I made him let me run the food to the table and make sure he wasn't even fucking with me. And he wasn't. And this is one of my favorite ones. I found a location where people would spawn and despawn. This just happened quite recently. I was heading towards a place from a train station that was being remodeled and there's a huge chunk that's under construction. I ended up getting a bit lost in the area and my Google Maps was telling me that I should go through one path. But I couldn't since the whole area was basically off limits and I should take a detour. This was some busy underpass with people going through the platforms. And there was one big temporary plywood wall with a big sign of under construction unauthorized access forbidden no entry. This part got weird. The plywood wall had a plywood door and people were entering and exiting it like a normal busy door. Completely normal looking people that look like they don't belong in a construction area. Even some old women were entering it. So then I thought that the map is working fine, so I decided to go through the door. And then it got weirder. On the other side was a completely empty area, all under construction. An area of sand, piles, and gravel. There were some pillars and construction in the distance. 
The edge of the underpass was completely unfinished. I was really confused since I wasn't far behind the last person who went through the door. And now I officially had no idea where the guy went. There was no path. It, it didn't seem to look like there was some path where the people would have gone. There's a big gravel road in front of me going a bit to the side of the map. This map was also telling me to follow some sort of similar path, so I thought maybe I should check it out a bit. Except fuck no, a big caterpillar tractor sped up along the road, and I wasn't planning to walk near that. I saw the guy in the tractor looking at me confused, so the next thing I thought was to go back since I probably shouldn't even be here. I opened the door and a few people walking away to the platform looked at me weirdly, like I did or done something wrong. No one entered after I went through, nor when I came back out. After that, I just took the detour since I was in a hurry anyway and forgot about it the rest of the day. Still pretty awkward. These are just a handful. There are countless online. People experiencing on the daily things that just shouldn't be happening. Is this proof that we live? in a simulation? Are there really other forces at play controlling an experience that we're having? Or is that just a hogwash? And you and me are very real people having a very real experience on a very real rock floating in a very real vacuum of space. Yeah, maybe, possibly. And I'm about to share with you some arguments proving that the simulation theory just simply can't be. Maybe. Kinda. I don't know. Seems likely. Have you ever seen The Matrix? Chances are that you have. It's a rather popular film. In one particular sequence, the protagonist Neo is presented with a conundrum. The red pill or the blue pill? A choice between learning the absolute truth behind reality and the blissful ignorance of illusion. Neo eventually decides to take the red pill and does indeed learn the truth, as horrifying as it may be. He learns that he's been living inside a simulation this whole time and he's now finally experiencing true reality. The human body generates more bioelectricity than a 120 volt battery and over 25,000 BTUs of body heat. Combined with a form of fusion, the machines had found all the energy they would ever need. Fields, endless fields where human beings are no longer born. We are grown. The simulation hypothesis, while absolutely intriguing, has a lot of major flaws worth considering. Several logical and scientific arguments challenge the likelihood that we are in fact living in an ancestor simulation. First, creating such a complex simulation would require astronomical computing power and energy far beyond what humans can currently achieve. The processing capability needed to generate a simulation indistinguishable from a base reality appears infeasible now. 
or in the foreseeable future as it stands currently. While computing does continue to advance at a rapid rate, the simple scale of advancement needed to simulate complex consciousness and reality itself remains rather distant. Additionally, there is the question of motivation. Why would an advanced civilization want to create such a simulation? And how likely is it that a civilization advanced enough to do so would even want to or choose to? The hypothetical rationale behind creating an ancestor simulation, such as for research or entertainment purposes, fails to provide a convincing case such as a simulated world actually being commissioned. The simulation hypothesis also raises difficult philosophical questions about consciousness and reality. If base reality is just a simulation, what created that higher level of reality, and so on. The proposition that consciousness and reality could be simulated suggests existence in self has an uncertain ontological foundation. This philosophical dilemma of infinite regression makes the simulation hypothesis difficult to ground convincingly. Before we say goodbye and I end all of this, let's talk about how there are implications that this theory is true. Remember, we can't disprove or prove. If the simulation hypothesis turns out to be true, it would have profound implications for our understanding of reality, of consciousness, and what it means to be human. At a philosophical level, it would call into question our most basic assumptions about the nature of existence. Are we real beings with free will? or just elaborate characters in a video game? Is there a higher power controlling the simulation? Are we an avatar to a real being somewhere? Do we have souls? Is our inner monologue the person in control? Are we just bits of code? We will always have questions about the meaning of life and our place in the world. We will constantly examine and re-examine what it is to be human, what it is to be alive, what it is to exist. The simulation hypothesis presents an intriguing philosophical question about the nature of our reality. While we may never know for sure if our universe is a form of sophisticated simulation, the possibility that we are existing within an ancestor simulation forces us to reconsider our assumptions about the physical world and our own consciousness. Some may find this notion disturbing or even nihilistic while others may argue and embrace the idea that could make us more empowered. Either way, contemplating that we may inhabit a simulation opens up new perspectives. Though we have no way to quantify the actual probability that you and I are simulated, assertions that we live in a simulation should therefore be treated with healthy skepticism, because everything about the simulation theory remains speculative. Hence the words theory. And there you have it the simulation theory and weird glitches in the matrix. If you don't want to hear any more of my babblings, this is where the show will end for you. However, if you want to stick around to the final segment and hang out with me, I'll fill you in on some things going on. May hey, you decided to come to the final segment. I really hope that you enjoyed this episode. I know it's a bit all over the place, but I'm kind of all over the place lately. Three weeks ago to the day of this release, I had major invasive surgery. I had an umbilical hernia with diastasis recti correction. A mesh was implanted in my intestines, some sutures put in place, and then more sutures tying together my abdominal wall. It's been a rough process of healing, and along with that, I am also back in another custody battle. 
we don't need to dive into that. If you'd like to, you can follow me on TikTok at Oh Hey It's Harmony and learn more about what's going on there. But let's just say I am taking care of my son single-handedly while my son's father tries to ride the system. And I'm the one paying for it. It's been fun! All that aside, I'm also in the middle of a move. I've been living in a one-bedroom trailer for over a year. Not just because the average median for a studio apartment where I live is $1,900. And as I said, I'm a single mother, so <laughs> that's not happening. I finally can afford a two-bedroom, which is still astronomically overpriced in this, well, mm, I guess society. But it's the best that I can afford, and I'm excited to be doing it. Although the stress that comes with it is absolutely overwhelming. Especially since I myself cannot lift a single thing, so I'm depending on those around me who are also 30 and 40 and no longer want to help their friends move. Oh, the joys of existing these days. So, you know what, guys? If in fact this is a simulation, mine fucking sucks. As Halsey says, I think there's a flaw in my code. Anyways, guys, I'm sorry that my upload schedule is rather sporadic. It will continue to be so for some time. Though once I moved and situated, I'm hoping to release a podcast every week. And I will be creating another. And another. After all, I'm a rather creative person, and I'm going to be venturing into ASMR, along with some storytelling. Anyways, I hope that this episode found you well, and I hope that the rest of your day, morning, evening, night, whenever you're listening to this, is amazing. Anyways, I'll talk to you on the next episode of What the Actual F. Until then, here's hoping there's no flaws in your code, and that the simulation doesn't glitch out on you. Okay, love you! Bye! <laughs>